welcome to another episode of the regular exclusive podcast with Jason Renee. And uh, we're in award season, baby. Oscars are right around the corner. Favorite time of the year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're, the movie we're talking about today is, uh, I think we both agree, is royally snubbed from the Oscars. Yes, unfortunately so. But we're given it's we're given Babylon it's it's time in our spotlight at least today, which I'm sure means a lot to them. It, it's high praise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but quick side note before we jump into ba- Babylon, uh, we just wrapped up the Screen Actors Guild Awards, and that is uh, that's a, that's like the last award show I think before the oscars we've gone through all the last big one yeah there's the writers guild awards is like i think next week okay so we wanted to um take a couple minutes here and talk about what the oscars race kind of looks like right now because some of these award shows um primarily like the producers guild award screen actors guild and directors guild historically they're pretty good at predicting who the Oscars are going to pick. Not 100% of the time. Producers Guild is usually pretty good for best picture, but there always is some surprises. But yeah, I mean, basically it looks like at this point, non-biased opinion, because (laughs) I even have the fucking odds pulled up. But yeah, I think everything everywhere is the huge favorite across the board, which is so exciting. We've been rooting for this movie for a very long time. We have not been silent about our affection for this movie and how much we want it to just sweep the awards. Yep. I mean, yeah, it it got the Producers Guild. Uh, it's also it also got like Critics Choice Award, the Golden Globe, or sorry, the Golden Globes are the only one to not pick it for Best Picture. It picked it the Fablemans. Get... Oh, you're right. Didn't, then, wasn't that for drama? Then, for drama, and then Banshees of Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Won. For comedy yeah that was <laughs> fucked but the golden globes suck and we don't care anymore <laughs> they're just dicks over there so and that's not even a hot take okay um but yeah i think there's a lot to talk about because, about the sag awards which were last night very cool first off i want to say that they're netflix bought the rights they're in the transition year so net i think they'll be on netflix next year but right mm. this year they were on youtube no commercials this year it was yeah. fucking awesome. Every award show needs to do this. And uncensored. We got to hear Michelle Yeoh say fuck again last night, and it was wonderful. It was great. It's awesome when it's not on, like, normal television. There's uh, not really a time frame that you have to fit within, so you're yeah. not playing people off on their no speeches. No playing people off. It was real. I mean, every- Oscars, take fucking note, man. You guys are the worst at this, okay? Because 45 seconds, I mean, that's probably also a lot more than I feel like they give them even at the Oscars. It's probably 15 seconds. And it's like, what the fuck are you guys putting on the network after the Oscars that's so important, you know? I think Seth Rogen said that recently. He was like, just buy the extra hour. What's the problem? Is it that expensive? (laughs) And I was like, that's a fucking great point. So... But yeah, Everything Everywhere just fucking killed it last night. They took three out of four acting awards, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, I I mean, obviously, we were so excited for Michelle Yeoh winning. Obviously, yeah, that was needed. It really boosted her Oscars odds, I would say, especially because when you give a really good speech, that really helps in your favor. And everyone was so excited for it. All of her cast members shouted her out, so... 
you you know who else looked extremely excited for her? Kate Blanchett looked so happy that Michelle Yeoh won. She's like, just she deserves it. Give it to her. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, what is people's problem? I'm glad that she got it from the actors. I think that always is obviously going to mean a lot to actors. Um, but it was just a really good thing. I feel like she needed that right now in order to like, you know, really push forward into the Oscars. I'm hoping it works out for her because she fucking deserves it, man. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. I just watched this movie again, so I'm still a little high on it. I'm definitely high on the vibe from last (laughs) night because it just was like everything was turning up Renee and Jace, I feel like. (laughs) Everything everywhere, basically. Not even uh, Michelle Yeoh's dress that kept bumping into the microphone could kill the vibe. Oh, I know. It was endearing, honestly. But I was wondering, I was like, what the fuck are those things made out of? You know? (laughs) It looked like like paper mache. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I mean, I love this. But but yeah, then um, obviously, Ki Hui Kwan won. He's just destroying everyone in his path it's like no has there ever been this big of a lock for the the there always is yeah i feel like a lot of times it'll be for like supporting or something yeah um but yeah this one i feel like it's interesting because like supporting actor is so locked up but supporting actress is really like i feel like up for grabs right now especially after last night i was shocked that Angela yeah. Bassett didn't win. Like me too. I I keep expecting her to be the favorite, and she is technically um the favorite, but Jamie Lee Curtis won last night, which was great. I'm so happy. Came for up her. came up off the top rope, like with the steel chair. No one saw it coming. Yeah, she just killed it with the speech. It was so good. So I was really, really, really happy. And I love that she had everybody chant Michelle Yeoh's name. Again, I just feel like all the love and support for for that movie is just like really apparent. You know, I feel like everyone just really wants to celebrate it. And rightly so. I'm a little upset we didn't get any dildo clips for many of those (laughs) scenes. I am dying to see those in one of the clips for the movies at the Oscars. Just saying they want to change their image. That is how you fucking do it. The the thing that I'm really interested in with the best supporting actress race is that you know, it could be a surprise win for Jamie Lee Curtis. Angela Bassett is probably still the favorite, but there is a history with the Oscars of them picking kind of the dark horse wild card, which would be Stephanie Shu, I think. Oh God, don't even tell me that that's a possibility. I'm like, I would die for that to happen. That would be amazing. I don't want to get my hopes up, but yes, that's what I'm secretly hoping for as well. I'm I'm right there with you. Like I think she deserves the win more than than anyone. I I haven't seen Black Panther yet, so I can't say that. But I thought she was just amazing. But like, oh, I look- Black Panther is good. Like, if, I mean, just watch that scene that every clip of hers yeah. is from, and you're like, okay, that's the scene they're gonna play at the Oscars. Like, she's incredible. She's really good, and she deserves it too. But like, honestly, I just don't think I'd be mad if anybody. I love all these actors, but. But Stephanie Shu has my heart. Uh, like I was looking back at like some of the youngest Oscar picks and like when Anna Paquin won when she was like 11 years old, like she was I think she was nominated at the SAGs, but never won anything else. So like it's happened. And so like I'll I'll lose my mind if Stephanie Shu wins. I'm going to be so excited. Oh, I'll literally break down in tears. I could barely handle all the good stuff last night. These were Oscars. I don't think I would have had to call out of work today. I might as yeah. well just pre-request it off because it's going to be a wild day for me. No matter what happens, I'll either be extremely happy and or extremely depressed. So it's going to be like it's going to be like our Super Bowl. 
Yeah, just exactly. Nuts. This is my Super Bowl, I will say. Now, and then I think, yeah, let's talk about best actor. This one is juicy. <laughs> like gross. But yeah, I will like, say, but just like don't say that word. <laughs> don't say that. I mean, but yeah. When when he when Brandon Fraser won the um when he won the best actor at the Screen Actors Guild last night, I was like, yes. This guy's going to give the best speech of all the people nominated. And he was, he gave a great speech. It's really interesting, I think, between him and Austin Butler. I mean, mm-hmm. Austin Butler's kind of lost some steam, it seems like. No, he's been winning everything. He's still the definitely the favorite. But I think Brandon Fraser, like, especially, we also have to, you know, you got to keep in mind last night was mostly the actors, it was yeah. all actors voting. So it's a little bit different than like who else makes up the Academy, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of different people and there's a lot of different reasons. For some reason, the people in the Academy are like fucking over the moon about Elvis. They, it's like the same thing with fucking Rami Malek. They, they get just, I don't know why these get their panties up in a twist, but like in a good way, they're like, oh yeah, I fucking love these music biopics. Let's just award them. I, I don't know. I haven't seen The Whale. I know it's a controversial movie. I just think Brandon Fraser has good intentions and he should be rewarded. <laughs> I hope he can do a movie next where he's not like in a bunch of prosthetics. I, I, w- I would like to, my heart would like to see him win. I mean, yeah, we, we love Brandon Fraser. So, yeah. so like, yeah, we'd love to see that. I mean, Austin Butler, I think his performance was more than Oscar worthy for sure. Like I wouldn't be upset if he, if he won also, it'd be nice to just stop seeing articles about his him his preparation for the role. And like I've been just seeing stuff about how he's eating like gallons of ice cream to depict the overweight Elvis at the end of the movie. You're like, no, that was fucking prosthetics. Okay, calm down. <laughs> we all could tell that was fucking prosthetics. Okay, I love that movie, but we could fucking tell. Do you think there's anyone else in that best actor race other than those two? I wouldn't say maybe Colin Farrell is the wild dark horse, but I think that's just true of him in general. <laughs> that, would, that would that would really surprise me. Good I movie. Mean, I'd be happy for him, but, but yeah, that really surprised me. <laughs> I mean, honestly, as long as we get Michelle Yeoh for best actress, I think I'll be happy because I just I feel more safe about. I know Kiwi Kwan's gonna win. Like I'm not really worried about that. If he lost, I would fucking kill myself. But. <laughs> But yeah, like I would love an extra win in supporting actors, but I feel like I just I need Michelle Yeoh to win an Oscar, probably more than she even cares about it, which is just crazy. <laughs> but this is where we are. <laughs> well, and then uh, last point, I feel like the Daniels are looking pretty good for for director. I'm never oh, gonna, yeah. I'm never going to count Spielberg out of the race, but Daniels won Directors Guild, won Critics Choice. Yeah, I think they've got a pretty good chance there too. I think they're they're looking pretty for this movie. People love it and they want to celebrate it, and rightly fucking so, man. It's just (laughs) a great movie, and if you haven't seen it, go fucking watch it. (laughs) And then listen to our podcast on it. Last point for me was that like two things. I forgot when they brought out Jeff Bridges to award Best Actress last night. I was like, he didn't win Best Actor last year because, you know, it's always the previous. And I was like, oh, yeah, fucking Will Smith isn't getting invited to any of these things anymore. (laughs) And so I was like, oh, yeah, like he would have been there. Whoops. And then 
I realized, or I don't know if you caught, but during Best Picture, they had fucking Marky Mark come out there and do it, which was like, why? Oh, yeah. And shame on you, Mark Wahlberg. Women are talking. That was what I was just going to say. Did you catch that? That was ridiculous. The movie's women talk. <laughs> women are talking. We're like, <laughs> yeah, Marky Mark, we get it. They are talking, okay? And he forgot that he had to read off the nominations. It was like... Did you just like grab him from the audience? Like, hey, Mark, will you just jump up there and do this he real was quick? Just in the, yeah, he was next door at the bar. They didn't even invite him. They just found him outside. They're like, oh, perfect. Come on in real quick. I mean, it, it couldn't have been worse than when they actually gave the award to the wrong person at the Oscars. So that's okay. Mark, women talking, not women are talking. <laughs> yeah, but we will be talking now about a great fucking movie that I cannot wait to talk about. So let's get into Babylon. What about you? Sorry? If you could go anywhere in the whole world, where would you go? I always want to be part of something bigger. I love that answer. Something that lasts, that means something. Something yes. more important than life. Yes. It's written in the stars. I am a star. I'm still catching my breath after watching this movie. Oh my God. I did not expect anything with the, with Babylon. I mean, you said don't hype it up too much. And I was like, I don't think I can hype it up enough. Honestly, <laughs> it's pretty incredible. What a wild, wild movie. Uh, yeah, today we're talking about Babylon. And this movie is just unexpected on maybe every level. Definitely every level. It came out in 2022. Came out. Uh, I think December. December twenty first. Yeah, and it has a star-studded cast, and it has a very notable director, mm-hmm. Damien Chazelle. And it totally flopped. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It's bizarre. I didn't know a thing about this movie at all. Like, I I saw the title Babylon. I'm like, oh, is this like a historical movie? Yeah, right. But like. It wasn't until you texted me, you're like, oh my God, Jace, you have to see this movie. So, Renee, assuming that you know, people are like me and we had no clue what this movie was, tell, tell us what this movie's about. Well, I will say, I'll give you a little credit that like I also mixed this movie up with, I think it was like that new Amsterdam movie that came out either in November, December, and it had Margot Robbie and it was like, I don't know what time period it was, but it could have been the 1920s and 30s as well. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the marketing for this movie, I like that has like a crazy cast, too. So mm-hmm. I kind of got those two confused. But Babylon is the infinitely better movie. And as you said, it's written, directed by Damien Chazelle. And basically, if I were to sum it up, uh, like, well, this is what IMDb says. They say. It's a tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess and traces the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Okay. That's like pretty good. It is. And I had no clue (laughs) about this at all. I think I saw the trailer for it one time and gives you nothing. Apparently they spent like $80 million on the marketing for this. I don't know how they did that because I had no clue of this. From the one time I saw a trailer, I thought it was like, I don't know, some spinoff from the Great Gatsby or something. It kind of looks like it. 
Plus, Toby Maguire's in it. So, yeah, it's like, is this what happened to that character after? Yeah, I think honestly, that probably could could be it. Um, I think that was the one notable thing about the trailer for me was that Toby Maguire was in it, looking like a fucking psychopath and weirdo with like those yellow teeth and weird ass skin. I thought he looked like a zombie. Yeah, he did. He looked dead. So <laughs> I was like, all right, that kind of like unfortunately stuck in my brain. So. I at least was able to remember that. But yeah, I think this movie is incredible. It definitely is like, I mean, it's over three hours long. It's a lot and it never like takes it easy. Maybe not till the very end. We finally kind of have a moment, but then you really, you feel all the emotions. So it's, it's really like you're just at an all time high throughout the whole movie. It's a lot, but it's great. I mean, outside of the marketing not really being very helpful with anyone giving like having any idea of what is going on in this the other thing that i think worked against it was releasing it in december i I mean it's very well recorded you and i did not have any anticipation for avatar Mm -hmm. and this movie came out days after avatar yeah there's no way and i think that is one reason why it bombed because everyone went and saw Avatar. But then also, Avatar is a three-hour movie. I, I don't know how many people are going to go see two three-hour movies in the same month, let alone the same week. Let alone the same year. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I feel like that's a good point because I, I do feel like people have actually, like at least that I've seen on social media now watching it because it's streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Mm-hmm. They've all been reacting like, oh, shit, this movie's actually really good. And like yeah. really liking it and responding to it. I know that's like how I came to it because I did not go see this in theaters because I had no assurances of like, I bet you if you're a Damien Chazelle fan and you like his other movies, that's probably exactly the people that went. But that's probably not a lot for how much this movie costs to make, <laughs> yeah. I would assume. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this is a hundred billion dollar uh, movie. And it looks it's, it. It's very apparent when you're watching it. Like it is it is gorgeous for the yeah for, for the very few academy award nominations that it got i'm at least thankful that they that it, it's up for like best production yeah some of those awards because this movie like yeah the the set design and production of it is just it's it's gorgeous it's stunning it's gorgeous. Gorgeous. It, it really is, though. Honestly, like, I feel like this movie deserves to win the award of best movie of all time. Honestly, <laughs> I'm just all in on it, man. That last, like, when we just rewatched this, this was my third time watching it. And I can't get enough of it. It's so good. I'm fucking like, and plus, can we all agree? I think the music is a huge part of this movie that works really well. You can just tell they spent a lot of money on it and everything really works. It's just sad it didn't. I hope that he still gets to make a bunch of more movies. I'm sure he will. Yeah. He seems like people like his other movies. I have This is the first Damien Chazelle movie I've seen, but I definitely will go back and watch them all now. Oh, uh, you're going to you're going to love his other movies cuz he has a real like connection with music. Mm-hmm. Like Whiplash was like his first thing and like yeah. he did that on a super a low budget. Movie? Yeah, jazz yeah. drumming. Yeah. And um yeah, the music is a huge part of that. I haven't seen La La Land. Babylon actually made me want to watch La La Land Mm because I didn't know it was the same director. Yeah. I didn't know it was that guy. And I'm like, oh, I thought this was just like a Hollywood, you know, 
love fest, but uh, this movie is not a Hollywood love fest. <laughs> this is no. This is a very interesting movie in how it t- depicts Hollywood and talks about it. I think it's almost like more real because it shows both sides of it. It's like a very conflicting movie where it's like basically the horrors of like the people who actually put their heart and soul and like destroy themselves to make movies. Mm-hmm. But then it also celebrates to me at least the magic of movies as well and that's kind of i feel like the there's no way to have like one total stance for or against it i feel i think that's more real to me because i feel like i understand both things and i feel the same way you can tell the director is extremely passionate about movies oh yeah i mean if you can't tell there's a fucking (laughs) montage of movies all the way up from like from when this movie supposedly was you know, takes place in the 1930s to like now. So. Yeah. The thing that surprised me about this movie, I mean, other than I knew nothing about it. (laughs) Other than everything. (laughs) This is essentially the same way that I went into like, don't worry, darling. I just thought it was a totally different movie. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Expectations, man. They're wild. (laughs) When I, when I learned that it was a movie about Hollywood, I kind of was like, Oh God. Cause it's kind of like war movies. I enjoy war movies, but like, I'm not really huge about them because a lot of them just kind of seem to like, you know, romanticize or idolize war and Hollywood movies do that too, where they're like, Oh, the good old days, the golden era of Hollywood. And so I was just like, I don't really know. But this movie totally shocked me in that it, it doesn't romanticize it. It doesn't idolize it. It really is like showing what, you had to do in order to make movies with that technology and if you walk away from that thinking yep those were the good old days you're insane like <laughs> it looks miserable and it's we're miserable. gonna talk about those scenes but yeah he really captures it i feel like you know like that it's not all like just fucking beautiful rainbows and you know butterflies although there is a really good butterfly part did you see that butterfly i love that uh we'll get there but yeah i think i think this movie is really a great one that like just shows the real side of things and like kind of it gives you both so that you can kind of make up your mind and think about it however you want yeah i think it's i think it's important to show the good and the bad of things you know because you have to look at what was and see where you could be better in order to move forward. And if you just ignore the blemishes, if you ignore the bad spots, then they're probably just going to repeat themselves. And so I thought this movie was like, no, this stuff was not good. Movies are amazing, but the things that were happening back in the day and still happen. And yeah, it's a very cyclical kind of message you know, at the end. Yeah, because, I mean, it's still happening, right? They're, like, having to go on strikes because they don't get paid shit, and they're, like, mm-hmm. literally working for 24 hours straight, you know? Yeah. So it's I think it's cool that it's relevant still. That's what I was thinking earlier when we first started talking. was, like, this movie feels very modern for being, like, a period movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The characters all act very modern, and it, like, really kind of puts you more into the old time. I don't know. I just think... This one felt the most real because it was it was showing you everything yeah. and more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it shows you a lot. Way more than you'll ever want to see. There was one thing that stuck out in my mind the entire movie. I'm just like, 
this might be the most unhinged movie I've ever seen the entire way through. <laughs> but a very accurate representation, <laughs> honestly. But then I'm also thinking, like, this is fucking cinema, baby. <laughs> that's all that's what this movie is at all times to me. It's just it's fucking cinema. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the opening, because this opening is maybe the wildest ride I've ever been on. One of our recent episodes that we did on Swiss Army Man, I said the opening scene for that movie, the Castaway ripoff, is maybe the best opening scene that has framed the entire movie I've ever seen. I think Babylon beats it. Babylon, this opening sequence is maybe the most insane thing I've ever seen, and it goes on for 30 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) And it really does represent the entire movie. I mean, you could even strip it down to the very first five minutes, which is an elephant and all the work that goes into transporting it for a party and all the diarrhea that it has on top of one poor unfortunate dude. I mean, I'll never unsee that fucking elephant's asshole opening and the shit coming out. It was really a lot. <laughs> the Yeah, the specificity and detail in that, in that just 15 seconds was a little alarming in my mind. I was just like, wow, you excessive. Damien, you really just like put a lot into just seeing the asshole, then the diarrhea coming. Even even the diarrhea getting on the camera lens. <laughs> like just, so god. Like, and it oh kept god. happening. It was like within the first, I think, five minutes of the movie, a dude gets covered in elephant diarrhea and a woman pisses on a dude and on his face but he's into that he likes that but i'm just like wow this is movie hasn't even started yet but i mean like you could literally just say everything that we just said about the elephant shit sequence is like basically what you could say about the rest of the movie it really is like a micro little dose of what you're about to get and i say that when that's a macro dose of shit (laughs) but it's like a micro dose of like this is basically a capsule of what the movie is this whole sequence, these guys like fucking destroying their bodies, pushing up a fucking elephant just for a goddamn party. <laughs> and the the industry is going to shit on you the entire way up the hill. Mm-hmm. It is it's a nice little metaphor for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. But then later, when you get the elephant storming through the party, what a sequence, man. Was, I kind of feel like it was worth it. <laughs> it's pretty great. I don't know I if mean, that guy would agree, but... <laughs> The funny thing is that like I start when I was watching the movie, like I started taking just some notes and I was like, this is the craziest three minutes I've ever seen of a movie. And then I was like, this is the craziest five minutes I've ever seen of a movie. And then I just stopped s- typing. This is the craziest. And I just started time stamping in the first 30 minutes when crazy shit happens. But the funny thing, the first thought that I had <laughs> when they were pulling the elephant up the mountain, I was like, this needs to be a, like a Ford commercial. Like they need to, <laughs> they need to do a commercial for a truck where it's pulling an elephant. It could have, that would have been beautiful. I, I had a question for you though, because the, the diarrhea really um, was very shocking and something else popped into my mind 
It's a movie we talked about that had an opening that was very shocking. I was going to ask you, what was more shocking? The diarrhea from the elephant or the little kid dying in Halloween ends? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's a really good question because those both were equally shocking. Yeah. But I will say I really did not expect an elephant diarrhea in the first two minutes of this movie. Of any movie, I would never expect that. Even if they're unlike I I was maybe thinking if it was Ace Ventura. Sure. Mm. Yeah, totally. But I was like, we're watching Babylon. I've never seen this guy's other movies, but I was like, I know La La Land was like a really like, you know, critically acclaimed movie. I doubt there was anything like this in that. There's no diarrhea in his other movies. Okay. I haven't seen The First Man, so maybe there's some space diarrhea, but I don't know. He wouldn't do that to (laughs) Ryan Gosling, would he? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. But then, you know, the surprises keep coming. I mean, first off, Flea is in this movie. Red Hot Chili Peppers bassist. I was like, Flea? What are you doing? (laughs) I knew that guy, and I was like, why the fuck can't I place him? And it was so irritating. But yes, you're so correct. That was really jarring. I mean, this scene is just insanity from start to finish. And this is the first 30 minutes of the movie. And that's even that's even before the title actually shows for the movie. Like this movie, two minutes in this movie, just really it tells you, hey, this is the kind of movie that you're going to watch. For the next three hours. <laughs> if you're not into this, you should just bail out now because we got another two and a half hours of this. Yeah, it really doesn't let up after it starts off. And like, I mean, just the first 30 minutes is you start with the elephant diarrhea and, you, and then you get to the party, which you'd think, how can they top elephant <laughs> diarrhea? And my God, like every two seconds on the screen, something's shocking. There's a part where you just briefly see a man getting a fucking champagne bottle jammed up his ass. And I was yeah. just like, Wow, that was just like a nothing shot that he just threw in there. Like then it's kind of like killing your lead character in the first five minutes of the movie, because then it's like, well, they're already doing that. What else can they do? Literally everything. That's what that's. It's like everything everywhere all at once almost. In a very depraved, orgy sexual kind of way. I felt like in hindsight, I feel like the insanity of the first 30 minutes is purely there to like desensitize you because it's just this for the rest of the movie. So like you can't just be this shocked the entire time. Here's like some of the here's like some of the stuff that I listed out. I won't read the timestamps, but it's this is all in the first 30 minutes. It's essentially like every three or four minutes something happens. But yeah, you have the elephant diarrhea. You have the woman pissing on a guy in a sexual way. And uh then uh, a guy does coke off of a woman's tits. There's some bondage. Everyone is naked. Lots of nudity. The woman who was pissing on the guy dies. She ODs. We don't know if she dies. They just, they're mostly upset because she can't make it to work the next day on the set. Oh, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. Um, someone just jumps out of a second floor window. Mm-hmm. Um, a cocaine or cocaine is stolen from someone by a chicken. Chicken. <laughs> Is accused of stealing cocaine, which is insane. That could be its own movie, like Cocaine Chicken. Oh boy! Oh, I don't want to start go. that conversation the, again. The cocaine universe. Yeah. Big. Uh, yeah. People just having sex in the mosh pit. You mentioned the bottle just abruptly gets popped off in a guy's ass. Yeah, lots of drugs, lots of uh, and random 
cameo from Olivia Wilde as Brad Pitt's wife for yeah. like two seconds. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, what the fuck? It was hilarious. First thing, I, I loved that part. Because Brad Pitt won't stop speaking Italian. <laughs> She's like, you're not fucking Italian. I'm going to divorce you if you say one more thing. <laughs> the entire time he was doing the Italian thing, I couldn't help but think of him in Inglorious Bastards. He looks he's almost a- the same in this movie with the hair, too. Yeah. So he, I was thinking the same but thing. But he's like, Gorlami. He's just, Gorlami. <laughs> Bongiorno. Like, you've come a long way, sir. Yeah. No, he knows how to really speak Italian. But yeah, like that party is just wild. And you, know? you get to meet the two basic leads of the movie outside of Brad Pitt. Because he's really more of a supporting character yeah. in this movie, weirdly. Because you'd think Brad Pitt, like, let's use him. But he was also, I just thought it was a great role for him. And he played it really well. He but was I great. Think, he, yeah. he, did, he didn't really, like, get going until closer towards the end. Yeah. But, yeah, he he was great. And, yeah, we, we definitely should come back to him. Um but yeah, this when you get Margot Robbie and Diego Calva as like the lead characters and they're like doing coke, talking about how much they fucking love movies. And I'm like, I want to fucking do coke with you guys and talk about how much I love movies. This is like amazing. <laughs> yeah, they, they set up all, all the characters get set up really well for like who they are, what their motivation is like Brad Pitt's Brad Pitt is essentially the Brad Pitt of the silent era. Yeah, getting divorced throughout the movie. He has a new wife every time we see him, basically. Yeah. But he's kind of pulling like a... He's he's kind of putting on the Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of character. that's what I thought. It's like he's getting to play the actor now, and that's where the second part comes in. It's like him kind of getting phased out of being the big man. Yeah, totally different way, but like very similar. Yeah, definitely a lot of that also another hollywood movie with margot robbie and brad pitt yeah i know and well i think we should talk about margot robbie because she's just incredible she's like turned up to 115 percent, and it's like people might be like oh she's annoying or whatever but i'm like i think she's incredible in this movie i think she's doing she's just totally fearless and wild and like i don't know what she's gonna do at any moment but she's incredible i think this is her best performance yeah why isn't she nominated it is it is criminal that she's not nominated. Crime against humanity. All the hate that this movie supposedly has. This and Nope are the biggest snubs of Don't the Oscars. Don't even get me started. <laughs> the Oscars. This is why I hate the Oscars, Jace. I've soured because they do this to some of the best films ever. And I'm just so shocked. See, the, but we just got to hope that everything everywhere is is where the doors open they 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 get it right they it's do something hope. good yeah last straw is, is really my, yeah this is the last straw academy i know you're listening <laughs> margot robbie is amazing in this movie like halfway through i was thinking i think she's actually doing all these drugs that's the <laughs> only way that she can just like be going at the pace that she's going mm-hmm. everything she's doing everything she's saying is just she's great her dance sequence is just my favorite i mean and her just being like i am a star like you're not they're like i think you want to be manny's like i think you want to become a star and she's like no like you either are or you ain't <laughs> yeah. like you're either born a star or you ain't <laughs> and i was hooked into this movie from this whole opening bit because yeah like all the actors are great you learn who they are you understand kind of their role and their motivations 
and then also the the party itself it looks incredible the cinematography like for margot robbie's like dance that she does like and like how she drops down and then the camera like yeah goes over i was like ah so good it was it was it was awesome and i am a sucker for a good one take and there's some awesome things in there and the music too is really good oh i think we got to say like i think that song is nominated right i think so this should win for sure i feel like i was like i'm gonna buy the soundtrack immediately and listen to it all the time because it's so good I mean, I kind of hope it's the pussy song that's nominated. That would be. I did like the pussy song. <laughs> that would do, that would that would be pretty pretty awesome. <laughs> Honestly, this movie just showed me a lot of things I didn't know about. Like, and don't I mean maybe that's because I'm ignorant and I've watched some of those old movies. But it's like I didn't know back in the old day how fucking wild they really were. You know, I know yeah. not all of this is accurate, but like a lot of the main characters are like based on real people yeah. who you know kind of did that stuff and. I don't know. I do think that they made the right choice that Manny is like your main character because he's the one who's kind of like he's the least insane out of everybody or like extra, yeah. right? He's like your anchor point. He was great. I I didn't realize how good he was until like the third act when yeah. like his character really takes some big steps. I thought he, I thought like from the first half of the movie, I was like, okay, this movie, this is being driven by, by Margot and, and Brad Pitt. And, and then he comes out of nowhere in the third act and just like takes the reins from everyone. And I'm like, Whoa, it's <laughs> right. I know. And I'm like, I love that though. I do wish that we got a little bit more of, um, Yovana Depo. He's like the one who plays Sydney, the trumpet player. Oh yeah, yeah. I really loved him. I thought his character was great. I like his whole storyline and stuff. I I loved all of the scenes of him and the bandmates, and him <laughs> just getting pissed at him for like not taking it as seriously as he is because he's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just like roasting him and stuff. If that elephant dropped its elephant ass on your face, maybe you'd be home long enough to fucking work. I practice nine hours a day. You fuck, yeah, but I mean on saxophone. <laughs> I don't know why, but it immediately made me think of um, Scary Movie, Kevin Hart, and um, who's that? Who's the other actor? Anthony Anderson. Anthony, like how they just, they have a bit every movie where oh, they just yeah. like talk to each other. You can't and, go to bed, Dad. And you're just laughing. <laughs> like, all those scenes, I was just laughing at their banter and interactions. It was great. And then he has like a real emotional uh drive you know in, later in the movie i didn't expect it it was mm-hmm. yeah they really bring it home emotionally in the end after so much insane shit yeah. has happened for so long <laughs> i'll be damned if i didn't cry <laughs> this movie was incredible i felt all the things and i enjoyed myself i feel like every step of the way the emotional moments we'll, we'll get to it in a bit but it fits with the theme of this movie of just like you don't know what's next. You don't know what's coming around the corner. It could be a really intense scene. It could be the funniest scene you've seen in years. And that's what we love. We love unexpected shit. That was the thing I was that popped up after I watched this movie. I was like, 2022 might be like my favorite year ever for movies. Because just like, there's so many movies that came out last year that are just like, what the fuck? Like, I'm still getting around to some of them. And I'm like, wow. I thought I thought we were done after the menu. <laughs> I know, no. And we've covered a lot of those movies here on the podcast, mm-hmm. but like 
we love those movies. We love the movies that just keep you guessing. And this movie does that. And so, like, let's talk about some of the filming scenes. Yeah. There's really just two. Two huge ones that are the best. I think some maybe the two best scenes in the movie for me. I don't know. They they are incredible. These guys and fucks, they are ruining my movie. I want on camera in five minutes. All right, so the days on set sequences, I think, are some of the most memorable things I've ever seen. They're my favorites. The, <laughs> the first one is when there's no sound in movies, and then the second one is their first time with sound. With sound, yeah. With the talkie, the talkie mm-hmm. movies, as they say. Yeah. yeah the, the first one, I thought that was such an incredible scene because it, it showed just like how much is happening. What the fuck is this? I asked for the girl with the tits. This is who they found. The frantic energy of a film set, which you always hear about, but it's like that's turned up to 11 in this movie because there's like you know, because there's silent films that they're shooting. They have like what? 18 to 20 different fucking sets next to each other shooting movies like back to back to back. So there's just chaos everywhere. (laughs) And meanwhile, the big scene that Manny shows up with Brad Pitt to is the one with like a fucking armies. It's like war. There's a fucking cavalry. I mean, it's just insane. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, there's two filmings that are happening essentially right next to each other kind of all around each other there's that this we're like war- jumping back forth there's too. like this war movie that brad pitt and manny are involved in and then there's this like kind of western thing bar- with Mar- margot robbie being sexy at a bar and samara weaving i don't know if you recognized her from ready or not she's constance moore the woman who comes in like <gasps> and then who oh. gets upstaged by margot robbie which <laughs> is great not. Because they, in real life, people are like, you guys are like uh, twins almost. And they literally are both Australian, too. So it's just funny that they were in the same scene together. I loved it. Also, she's my queen. I have to shout her out. (laughs) (laughs) But like everything that was going on was just so crazy because like the war (laughs) scene is going on and like they have explosions and then you see the explosions <laughs> while they're filming this bar scene, but because there's no sound, like they're just like, we're, we're just going with it. <laughs> there's literally a fire that breaks out next yeah. to the bar scene and people yeah. are like running around like crazy. And then all these people have just stopped in their tracks and they're watching Margot Rob- Robbie because of that is a, a great sequence of her flirting with all the men. And then crying she's like crying. Command. And yeah, like incredible how she's like one tier, two tier. Okay. <laughs> and like doing all that. It's, it's so amazing. And you're like, I get it. Cause it's so beautiful, but all this fucking shit is going on. And the war one is for me, like Manny shows up and then Brad Pitt's like, Oh yeah, put Manny on it. Cause all the like actors are on strike. Yeah. And they're like chasing him around <laughs> in the background. They're like, Oh man, well's great. He'll be perfect. And then he like, <laughs> gets the fucking horse and the gun from the guy who's like anyone who doesn't work will get a bullet like shooting and they're like what did i tell you manuel's great <laughs> i love that sequence 
so fucking good. And then the fact that like the like everything's just getting destroyed. Like all the cameras getting destroyed during the battle. That one dude dies. Like he gets the fucking like, yeah. He gets a flag through him, and then they're like, "Well, he was an alcoholic. He probably ran into it himself." <laughs> And he's like on the ground with it sticking out of his chest. It's like someone died in the making of this movie. And they're just like, eh, back to work. And I love how that yeah. I love how that happens. And then it just cuts to lunch. <laughs> just eating like no big deal. The the cut from like all the fucking insane shit to just everyone just quietly eating was like crazy. I I thought I thought it was incredible how they weaved the filming of the war and like the chaos and then seamlessly like transitioned it to that chaos is actually happening outside of the scene as well. Like it shows them all run into each other and like fight and stuff. And then it pans over and then you have actors that are being treated by, by medics and doctors because they're actually like getting stabbed <laughs> and cut. Yeah. And, like, it's like crazy. It's like they are showing this is how you film a war scene, but the actual filming of the scene itself was as violent as what you're depicting of <laughs> war. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like one of Brad Pitt's like assistants was like, I think like our tent is in the war zone. And he's like, oh no, they'll edit it out in post. And he's like, no, and then like, like a fucking the spear. spear goes right by his head. And he's like, no, I think we're in danger. <laughs> He's like, like, I said we have to age the props. <laughs> like, it's so great though, and you do like I love that Brad Pitt's really on his A game at first, and then you see him like totally just because they take so long because the cameras Manny has to run out and get a camera when it, the last one breaks, and he's just like you know been drinking all day, so Brad Pitt's like wasted when he yeah. finally like they have like just a few minutes to get the magic hour, which is just a really great thing. Making fun of that. Cause I know that's like a huge thing. It's the perfect lighting. It really is gorgeous. But then the fact that Pitt pulls it together and like, <laughs> is so good on camera and like with the kiss and it's so, and then the fucking butterfly yeah. on his shoulder, it really is like showing you both sides of it. They're like all this fucked up shit is happening backstage. And we've just seen all this hell that has been yeah. going on but then it really does capture something so magical and so beautiful in that shot right yeah like i just did not expect that whole thing and it was just wild like and how they just kept jumping back to like knights on horseback and then the director on the back of a truck screaming like a general like yeah. and then like <laughs> so good. they're like fighting and then like one of the prop towers falls and then yeah it catches fire and then margot robbie has to keep filming her scene while there's a fire next to her set <laughs> it's just like oh my god like that that whole thing that was where you know kind of like we were saying before like this movie does not try to romanticize the filmmaking process back in this day when you didn't have all this technology and they're like we we have to do this to get the shot like to get the perfect shot this is what it costs. And like, as someone who doesn't work in the industry, I'm just like, I hope that it's not like that anymore. Cause that's how that looks awful. <laughs> I mean, I know I feel like for like Marvel VFX team, that's probably what life is like. Honestly, you hear the horror stories, right? Yeah. That shit's fucking insane. So I kind of feel like it's probably still going on. 
I mean, we know Harvey Weinstein was only a few years ago. So like Hollywood really hasn't changed that much. It's just <laughs> changed like the way that we abuse it, the workers in the industry. They're always striking for something because everything's fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's definitely not trying to romanticize the industry. However, it does celebrate the actual magic of movies. And it's like, it, is it worth all this pain and suffering? I don't know. For some people it is, but. Yeah, it celebrates the art. And there's even that one line that they have where Brad Pitt is like negotiating to get an actor, an actor oh, yeah. like for cheap. And they're like, take that money, put it into the props or, or like, so like take this money that we would pay another person and put it into one of the explosions. I think he says or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. Uh, but yeah, it, oh, so good. Such a fun scene. And then it's, and then that's the birth of, you know, of Margot Robbie's character and her claim to fame. Yep. You know, she just, she, she, a she wild always, child. She always was a star, you yeah. know, and now they're finally seeing her. And then, you know, it transitions to the talkie movies. I think people want that though, sound in their movies. Yeah, why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. And that whole that whole thing was really interesting to me of I I never really thought about that before of like going from no sound to sound. And then also I definitely never thought about where theater sat in the middle of all that. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting things going on when you relate to film industry back then. And it's pretty wild. I don't think I ever would have cared about it in a history class but the way that he's presented it is pretty fascinating. Yeah, like Brad Pitt, you know, his second wife is a is a theater actor. No, that's like his third or fourth wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like they blend together. Yeah, she's like movie is low art, you know, cuz you guys don't have to talk. Like theater actors, they have to recite lines, they have to talk and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'd never thought about those three things kind of all intersecting yeah, at once. It is pretty interesting. And then I, I think this movie was eye, or really eye-opening for me about, like, I'm sh- I'm sure, like, if you would ask me about it, but I'd never sat and thought about, like, what a weird difference it would be to go from filming movies without sound to move to filming using sound. And I think the first scene that they shoot with sound is pretty fucking like perfect for me. I feel like it's a perfect like wow. That's it's just incredible. It's insane. It's so hectic. It's hilarious. It's also stressful. Like there's just so much going on and it's like wow, like I I learned a little bit there. <laughs> That's fucking like something I never would have thought of. Yeah. The the first day on set with the sound. I did not I thought the the war, that whole sequence, I thought that was incredible. I was like there they're not going to be able to follow up with that. This sequence is just as good in totally different ways. Yes. It's literally just Margot Robbie acting in a scene instead of like an entire, like all these movies on set at the same time and a fucking war epic in the background. Like you, how does it compare? But it's like all the little things that go into the sound. And it's like the little things when they're like, what kind of shoes are you wearing? What the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. I, rubber what's that sole. sound? Yeah. What? Oh yeah, the rubber sole. What kind of soles are those? Come yeah. on, man. Rubber sole only. <laughs> and they find that that chick has like a pin in her leg, and they're like, "You have to yeah. keep your leg perfectly still." It's like Jesus. Did you have surgery recently? 
it's like all those little things, you know, or like she's missing the mark. Well, then we have to move the mics and say it louder, say it more quiet. It's so like I get it from Margot Robbie, but you're just like and plus also like the heat without like AC and stuff. That's got to be awful. All that stuff was so interesting. Like, yeah, their microphones that they had back then, they were a thousand times worse than the microphones we're using now. Like those microphones, like they picked up everything so yeah that whole how they explain the lengths that you have to go to to keep things quiet is is incredible like they're in a totally padded warehouse everyone's wearing rubber soles except for that one guy who gets yelled at but yeah, yeah. he gets yelled at <laughs> the cameras are so loud that they have to put the camera in a soundproof box that has sauna no ventilation so like the this poor guy's guy that keeps coming dying. out it's like <laughs> i can't be in here it's so hot and they're like oh. <laughs> pj Byrne, we got a shout out he's incredible in this scene he plays the assistant to the director and oh he's God. from wolf of wall street i love him he's so funny he's got it i would say we'll talk about maybe who's like more incredible for like a <laughs> short period of time but I do feel like he's up there because this this part is just amazing. This scene, I <laughs> think, is the funniest thing I've seen in a movie in a couple years. Yeah, I it, cackled. It, I was <laughs> laughing so hard. Like, like Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Now, if anyone stop this scene again, I will shit on you. I will shit in your mouth. I promise you. Is that clear, Lloyd? Is that good for fucking sound? Now we are going again! Camera and motherfucking sound! I swear to God, I will kill you. So it's like, it's all these little things. It's like fucking someone sneezing or like someone like opening the door. It's like, shut the fucking door. What the fuck are you doing? It's like, God damn it, shut up. And every time that poor guy comes out of that fucking room with the camera, he's like, get the fuck back in your box. <laughs> and then he dies. Like, he dies of heat exhaustion. Not even a tragedy at that point. No, they got two people shot. have died in the making of these. He's. At least. We don't know how many others. There's probably, oh, yeah. a, I mean, if this is just two examples, but <laughs> that poor guy, and then everyone's just like celebrating, and then they finally get him out, and it's just, he's dead, but I feel like there's nothing about it, because it's like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll get another guy. It's like, what? Oh, my God. Well, and I also thought that, like, this scene did such an incredible job of, like, making me feel a part of, like, a part of the filming of this scene, like, we go through every take. We see everything that goes wrong. We learn all the stuff. Like we can't just move the microphone because this is the twenties and we, we, we'd have to reassemble everything just to move it six inches and recalibrate it. And then when they finally get it, when they finally get the cut for 15 seconds, <laughs> yeah, like this has probably been a 20 minute long scene when they finally get the cut and then like that's it and then they celebrate <laughs> i was like thank god <laughs> god i was celebrating with them oh my god i know because you're like this is a lot like it's like it, it reminded me of the tension that i felt during uncut gems where it's like such it's not a movie about like someone like doing like a fucking rope climb above a canyon something stressful <laughs> yeah. it's like a guy who's like in gambling debt that keeps like fucking gambling and fucking 
shilling everybody over and you're like this is just insane it's so stressful because you know it's going to catch up at some point right yeah he's worried this movie i felt like that during this whole sequence because i was like oh my god somebody died in the last one already i know <laughs> someone's gonna die here like what's gonna happen and as as much as I understood where the sound guy was coming from, I was like, "You are such a fucking dick." I would fucking I love that Margot Robbie punched him. Just yeah, like, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> These oh, are probably God. some of the more wild sequences in the movie. I would say, like outside of like the party sequences, this whole movie is, is insane. One long wild scene. Those two days on set scenes, like I've just I've never seen anything like it, and. I loved every second of it. I was so invested in Me what too. was going on. I'm like, I've never had a semblance of this kind of perspective of ma of making a movie, let alone thinking about movies in a time period of a movie I've never seen. Like, yeah. this is wild. And obviously, like, there's some hyperbole to it. It's, you know, it's exaggerated. But, like, I can't imagine that it's that far off when you don't have technology and, like, you can't green screen anything. You got to get the perfect take. It has to be right. There's so many things that could go wrong. It was, I just thought it was, it was so good. I loved every second of it. This movie is one of the movies that you're like, wow, this movie, I really wish it would have done so well because it deserves it. It really is a fascinating and like one of the few like critical looks at like being on set. That's not like, I mean, cause they talk about it at the beginning, which is I think what everyone who's never worked on a film set thinks, which is, I want to go to a movie set. I want to be on a movie set. It just seems like the most magical place. Cause it's like, we all know that like, if you're into movies at all, you have that feeling of like what they talk about at the beginning. They're so special. You can escape and live all these different lives and do all these different things. And so it's like funny to show like the beauty that can come from this, but then also like the horror show that really goes on <laughs> behind the scenes. Cause it's like, it's fucking chaotic. It's equal parts. These two scenes for me are equal parts hilarious and equal parts like stressful. Yeah, <laughs> totally. But it's, I, it's in a good pure way. Pure chaos. Just chaos. And then the craziest thing is that we're not even halfway through the movie. Yeah, I know. What did we just describe the first like hour, hour and a half? <laughs> first hour and a half, probably. Because, yeah, the next thing um, that happens is after the filming, they celebrate. And they have a big old party at, uh, at at Brad Pitt's place. I don't know whose place it is. I don't know if it is Brad Pitt's place, but he shows up with his new wife there. Yeah. The theater actress. The first thing that popped... Well, yeah, then Margot Robbie shows up with the entire USC football team. <laughs> they lost a bet. <laughs> yeah, the person that she's supposedly based on is, like, really did that. <laughs> and, like, did a lot of the stuff that she is. Like, the things that she does in this movie... I think your name was like Clara something. I got to look it up. Oh, I was going to say real quick before we totally leave this part. Uh, the whole thing where they were dying of heat in that stadium, in the studio. You oh, know, yeah. They're like, we can't put the AC on because it's too loud. First thing that popped into my head was the heat wave a couple of years ago here in Seattle and how Seattle is like the most unair conditioned city in america as which makes sense because it's not that hot here but no one was ready for a hundred and something degrees in june and we're all just sweating in lockdown we can't go anywhere it's just like i was just thinking of that like you guys are all dying i was dying that day and it just made me think of that but anyway <laughs> but margot robbie is based off of oh i should have been looking that up <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I was interested in what you were going to say, Jace. Uh, Clara Bow, the mm. original it girl who scandalized the U.S. by being open about her sexual desires. And apparently she really did show up to a party with the entire football team. <laughs> now, I want to know, <laughs> did she arrive and say, party time, sparkle cocks? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, that other scene before that, when she's like rising to stardom. And uh, the big head of the studio guy from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm -hmm. he's like talking about, they're like, oh, which one is she? And he, he looks back and she's like jerking off the like horn on the unicorn <laughs> and like on top yeah. of it. He's like, she's fucking the ice sculpture. We love, we really like her. <laughs> she's great. <laughs> and I just loved it. She's so sexual. It's so over the top. But like, I would say that this scene at the party, like this first or the second party scene, you really kind of get to see a different side of her secretly. Mm -hmm. And then she goes to the bathroom and like overhears these assholes talking about how her voice sucks. She's like a donkey and she has no talent. She's not going to make it. Blah, blah. Yeah, Because her her accent, she's like from New Jersey, right? Yeah, they're like the Jersey it's thing like, isn't cute. Yeah. She's, it's like I, I know that that did happen for a lot of people going into the talkies. It's all about the voice was not quite there. And I that is interesting, though. I didn't think about that. <laughs> well then yeah like they they even play brad pitt like his voice and his delivery like they're like you can't do it and it's like that's insane to we know brad pitt can do <laughs> like, it that's so funny that they got two of the biggest actors right now like to play these people that are mocked for their acting yeah <laughs> i know it's pretty insane because even people on social media were like sharing scenes of marco robbie from this movie saying like she hasn't acted in anything good since wolf of wall street and it's like what it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard i know i did also hear that emma stone was supposed to play her too originally but had scheduling uh conflicts uh -huh. so they cast with margot robbie i'm really glad i mean not that i don't like emma stone but i i really love margot robbie i think she's perfect for this role yeah and even when she does like her voice i'm like i guess Nowadays we're just more used to it, I guess, but I still love it. I thought it was I thought she was great still, even yeah. with this. And then same with Brad Pitt. So it's funny that you wouldn't expect that from them. But but yeah, so she reacts to that pretty harshly by <laughs> I would say harshly, but I love this whole sequence of her reaction is her dad, who's like now her manager, she hears him talking to it a fucking another young woman. He's already we've heard him say this a few times about talking about this time he fought a snake. Yeah. And then she's like, Dad, you know what? I think you should fucking fight a snake right now. <laughs> fucking up, all you big dick, Mr. Man! Who wants to see my dad fight a fucking snake? Fuck yeah! And then this whole sequence <laughs> is just wild from start to finish. It's so insane, but it's it's so good. What I want to know what you thought. So... <laughs> After everything we'd seen up to this point, and then after this sequence, I I had just this glaring question in my head that I was going to ask myself the rest of the movie. And it's, how far is this scene going to go? Because so far, I've not been able to guess where the end is. <laughs> so, yes. Like, so, like, heading into this, I was just like, okay. He's drunk. Is the snake going to bite him? And then he's going to die? Of course, that's not what happens. It's got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. 
thought the exact same thing, dude. That was exactly what I was thinking. Because I'm just like, that's where my brain would naturally go. But then, of course, no. He does pass out drunk. So I thought Snake's going to kill him. And maybe Marco Robbie was trying to kill her dad. I don't know. I was not sure what was happening. But then the fact that then she's like, well, who the fuck is going to fight this snake? And she's like pissed because all the guys are like, oh, hell no. Like, no way. I just want to see a motherfucking snake fight. Nelly Don't Nelly Bay me, you six foot fucking vagina. <laughs> I will fight it. No, 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 no. no. Yes. I'm more man than any of you. I am a fucking pussy. She fucking grabs the snake and she's like yelling at them like, oh, I fucking did it. Blah, blah. And then it just bites her neck. And then <laughs> the scene really takes off. Right. And then she just starts screaming and running. around. And then everybody's screaming and running around. Yeah. And then I love that Manny tries to help her. And then the snake tail, like the rattle, like fucking knocks him out. And he's like <laughs> down for the count. Brad Pitt's just kind of, isn't this great, honey? Like at first, and then he's like, oh shit. Kind of like realizing all the fucking crazy shit that's going on. I and mean, it goes on for a while. It it does. There's even like slow-mo. It kind of like slows down and plays some like nice music. And I, like everybody's just running around like a freak. And that snake is still like, she's still like holding it straight out, like running around. Oh my God. It's so good. And, and oh my her, God. Her face. Like I, ha- I, I couldn't watch that and not think about like that day on set in real life. Like she, she's just running around insane yeah. She's like okay imagine you have a snake biting your throat we're gonna cgi it in but yeah like, right like that'd have been just hilarious and then uh, uh, if it couldn't escalate anymore brad pitt's like this is awesome and then he gets hit by a car yeah he goes out <laughs> to try and help and someone just fucking pulls up and like he was like what the fuck like just that's why I was like, this movie just really keeps you guessing at every moment because it's kind of like everything everywhere where they just keep piling things on and things just keep getting taken to extremes. Yeah. And you're like, I just don't know what's going to happen because clearly yeah. everything is on the table. And then the fact that the Asian chick's like just sitting there like smoking and then she's like, oh, fuck it. And like goes over there with her fucking knife and decapitates the snake, pulls it off because Margot Robbie finally like fucking falls over and yeah. then she like sucks the poison out yeah. which is something we've talked about it does this work. work it doesn't no, work no it does not work but like when i saw that i was totally okay with it i'm like this whole movie has kind of depicted while also like mythologizing the the insanity of this of what's going on is you know it's kind of like you know it's like movies themselves aren't real like this sequence did not happen in real life and it's totally absurd and insane. And like, yeah, of course you would have someone like lady phase zoo as, as, yes. as she is just like be a total badass and just suck the venom out and then like make out with her. It's like, yeah, this, uh, this is right. This is right. I'm okay with this. <laughs> I love that. She makes that Margot Robbie makes out with her and then just passes yeah. out. <laughs> This has been a fucking night. And that was just like, yeah, that's like really, I think, the most wild sequence for me. <laughs> that's saying something. That's saying something because I think each scene you're like, I, I don't know. Does this top it? I can't tell. It's all insane. And then the the cherry on top of all this for me was that Margot Robbie was was rocking the overalls with nothing underneath. I was like, Margot Robbie and Mia Goth. 
they're trying to make 2020 the year of the overalls. We got a good side boob in those things. <laughs> yeah. They're making a good case for it, is all I'm saying. We just need to get them in a movie together. That would be pretty wild. I want to see them fight snakes <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah, so this is really where the movie takes a very pretty hard tonal turn. Like, everything up to this point really has been very fun and enjoyable. You know, but now the movie gets gets pretty like real and emotional because now yeah we're seeing the fallout of the talkie era has started how are these people going to adapt to this what happens up on that screen means something maybe not to you and your ivory tower but for real people on the ground it means something so now we're in really the the as you said the the fallout of the talkie era. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about this movie to me that really stood out is there is almost no exposition that happens. There's barely like conversations, there's just stuff happening. And true that, w- like it's storytelling just visually at its finest. Like it kind of, kind of reminded me a little bit of, um, a movie I know you just recently watched, uh, the Scarlett Johansson one where she's an alien. Under the skin. Okay, I Under thought you were sk- going to say skin and marine. No, 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 no. Jace, come on. <laughs> no, but like that movie doesn't explain anything that's going on. You just kind of interpret it and understand the situation. And this movie, up to this point, has kind of done the same thing. Like you're really just interpreting everything that's going on. And even going forward, there's really not a lot of exposition. There's just conversations that are happening and they don't feel like this is an exposition dump. This is to catch everyone up as to what they should be experiencing. Yeah. I think like Brad Pitt's character is like the main source of like where they kind of bring it all together. And like, I think his, his part really brings it all home. I think for, yeah, this is where Brad Pitt like really gets ramped up. You know, yeah, and gets to do a lot, and he, this is where he kind of, uh, he kind of goes back to, um, to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a little bit, where he becomes a very silent character. Mm-hmm. Like the whole first half of the movie, he's like charismatic and fun, and he's just like the sexiest guy alive. He's Brad Pitt essentially, you know. And then when the talkie, when the talkies start. It's interesting that his charisma outside of movies does he can't translate that on screen. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yeah, he just <laughs> he essentially becomes a bad actor. Yeah, and like he has to grapple with that. Like he's been the star his whole life, and now he's like, I have to accept being an old guy and being a supporting actor. Or you know, he has he has his friend that he's like. I'm bailing you out, aren't I? Like, he has that whole development. And then, yeah, Gene Smart has that amazing, like, monologue. A child born in 50 years will stumble across your image flickering on a screen and feel he knows you like like a friend. Though you've breathed your last before he breathes his first. You've been given a gift. Be grateful. Your time today is through, but you'll spend eternity with angels and ghosts. 
a lot of these people put their heart and soul into this stuff to make these things and they really get just destroyed by the machine. Yeah. But like they are immortal in this way on film. It's yeah, it's a really like interesting thing. And I really love that Gene Smart's the one that's telling him this and he just has to absorb it because it would be a hard thing for someone to explain themselves. Like, this is what's happening to me. But she's like, no, I'll tell you what's happening to you. You are the luckiest person in the world, but you're also totally irrelevant and disposable. You will be remembered, but you're also not important. And like, and you see it on Brad Pitt's face. He's just like, how am I supposed to react to that kind of information? She's like, there will be another me. There will be another you. Millions of them. And there will be this conversation over and over and over again. But at least you'll be in a movie and you'll be remembered for that. Is it worth (laughs) it? It's the question, really, of the movie that it's posing. I'm glad we're talking about this whole second half of the movie, I guess, or maybe last third. Yeah. Because I feel like it's where everybody's character kind of... I mean, Margot Robbie never really shifts. I would say she stays pretty much the same for the entire movie. But you do get to see her like downward spiral and like her, I have to say, her whole breakdown at the really posh party and she's supposed to be all fancy like My Fair Lady is pretty incredible. I think that whole sequence (laughs) of she's picking out all the food, screaming at everyone, talking about, I'm going to go home, put some coke up my pussy and then she's like i love that like as soon as she leaves the party she starts feeling like oh god i'm gonna puke and then she runs back inside to throw up in front of everyone just a chef's kiss just perfection she's a queen she's a queen she's a queen and i i mean i already knew it and i was already excited for barbie but if i was not already like this just made it even more so she's incredible Even like her whole character's journey is again like it's it's another example of just you know, Damien um, Chazelle. Chazelle, he I mean he write he wrote and directed this. He is such a gifted writer when it comes to like characters and like showing what's going on. Like he shows, he doesn't tell. Like we we saw Margot's ascension, and then we saw what what the trigger was that changed that. And then we saw the decline. Like we didn't need anyone to tell us, Hey, because she is this now, everyone hates her. I mean, I I still like, you really feel for her in that scene when she's having a breakdown, she still feels like she's like, you're not better than me. And it's true. Like they're fucking disgusting. That old guy keep putting his hand on the young girl's butt. Like, it's just so gross. Like she was right is the thing. I think her character is very emotional in this movie where she's so extra. She really brings it home and you feel for her, but you're also like, it's also quite hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Well, like you see her trying to, to quote, do the quote unquote right thing. Like, you know, she had to, she had to leave uh, lady Faye. Like they were in a relationship and then like, that's where Manny really gets a lot of development of like, he's, become the bad guy kind of in this we're like yeah and he has to ask sydney to put black face makeup oh, on so because he's not dark enough to match the other players that, that scene that scene was rough 
I was, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> like this is dark. Yeah, this is really why hard to watch. This scene might be the reason why the you did get recognized by the Academy Awards. Like, we don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I think it's like the same thing with Nope, where if you're critical of the industry, it's like, fuck off. We don't want anything to do with you. But yeah, I would say like. I don't know about you, but like, I just, I really was surprised by this last scene or this last third of the movie because I was not expecting to feel as emotional as I did by the time we got here because of so much shit happening. And then there's so many, a lot of characters too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, I could, I can't imagine feeling this thing. And if you think about it, Manny's kind of taken a backseat for the first part of the movie. No, he's a main character. So you kind of are like, Think I mean he really shows up in the second half. I really thought Diego Calvo was just amazing. Well, I think it. I mean, I think I think it's very intentional. Like he he is ascending as everyone else is declining. Mm-hmm. You know, like he he's kind of like the the American dream. Like he was literally getting shit on, and then like that work ethic and all that stuff. He was right place, right time, and he ascended and became an executive you know and but then when he got to the top the things he had to do to one get there and then stay there you know, like you see that whole corruption of like this isn't good <laughs> you might have good intentions like the whole uh sydney and blackface scene like he was he was trying to approach it, it was like I have good intentions. We want to. We want to feed all of the people that are working. He was on just here. Yeah, guilting we, him into we, it, kind of. Yeah, that it was definitely that. But I do think there was some like genuine intentions. Like this is the only way that we can get this done. This is the only way we progress forward. Is we yeah. have to make this compromise. But like that's not a. I think he learns that lesson of like those, those were not things that we should have done. Like those weren't worth it yeah and and then we see sydney like he is playing at small venues like he he's the one who steps away from it all he's like leaves that day yeah i think that's cool because it's like i mean people have said that this movie is kind of almost like the seven circles of hell or whatever (laughs) like dante's inferno which like i mean if you think about it it really just does show that like at this point in the industry i don't know how if it's a hundred percent true today, but it's like, how far were you willing to like, were you willing to sell your entire soul to be here kind of a deal? And like some people who might've been willing just couldn't fucking hack it. And that's kind of where we get to, I think like the part with where I'm thinking is really like a horror movie. I would say randomly at this point where we, I've been like, okay, we're slowing down. We're more like, we're dealing with like some shit. And then fucking, of course, Margot Robbie's character fucks over the bad guy that we've been hearing about who owns mm-hmm. all these casinos, James McKay. And then when you see him, it's fucking Toby McGuire. It's fucking oh. Peter Parker. <laughs> At least my Peter Parker. He's zombified Peter Parker. Did did they say anything about like what his deal was? I was I was thinking it was because he was drinking ether, which I'm pretty sure is not good for you. I don't know what the fuck that was, but I'm pretty sure that it like it was one of the shit like the drugs probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to know what kind of drugs, but I'm sure that there was some fucked up shit that he was doing. But like, I was like, 
really hesitant to like, okay, Toby, really this guy? I, he totally won me over instantly. <laughs> this movie, I was like, this ought to really show everybody that mm-hmm. he can fucking act, man. Yeah. Acting. Acting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was this. Like, he's the guy who's like, like this guy is bringing a lot for like, what, 10, 15 minutes in the movie. Yeah, he, he is coming in hard and hot and yellow teeth and all. <laughs> yeah, yellow teeth. Everything he says is offensive. Yeah, his movie pitches are really bad and really oh. bothersome. So the, one of the things that I love about um, about this director is he is not afraid to write characters or plots. I mean, clearly he's shown some pretty crazy things up to this point in the movie, but he's not afraid to go where something needs to go even if it's like dark and like we saw this i would agree with that you will definitely agree when you see whiplash you will see why jk simmons won an oscar for that he jk simmons is the most despicable person like you've ever seen like he says awful things and you're like jk simmons said that yeah mr lovable I heard him say it, but I don't know if Speaking I believe of it. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> but like he he writes these characters to be terrible, to mm-hmm. show a really dark side of something. And the only way you can really show that is like you have to be willing to actually show it or to say it. I and- know. I hate when people get upset about shit like that. It's like, well, hello, this is not like he's glorifying this yeah. dude. He, you're clearly thinking this guy's a fucking villain. <laughs> like yeah. The minute you see him, and as soon as he starts talking about, uh, you know, a, a little person who's like going as a kid or like... When he, he describes the plot of Orphan. Yeah. <laughs> or orphan, like- basically, yeah. It gets pretty depraved at this point, which we already thought we'd seen some shit. I mean, you see the fucking champagne bottle up a guy's ass in the first five <laughs> minutes. So, like, you're also like, okay. But then this scene still fucking surprised me. So, like, yeah, they go to this thing because Margot Robbie owes this guy, like, fucking 85 grand, which is a lot of money back then. And the money that they bring. <laughs> because he goes to the count. I love that that guy actually had a role yeah. to play. The guy who's been dealing drugs on the set of every movie. And I, I I love the reveal that it happens while they're there talking to him. He's like, it's prop money. It's like, yeah. oh, like you got it from the prop department. He's like, no, it's prop money. Like it's the money that that guy makes. And he's like, what? It's it's not real money. It's fake. <laughs> and then that just adds a whole layer. Of, oh my god! Of and then tension he's like, so for everything stressed. that happens next. Because you were already stressed because like Toby Maguire's character is weird, and then the dude from My Name Is Earl is there, <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? Like this is just, it's so weird. And then he's like, so then you like, I wonder if he knows because that his henchman dude checked the bag when they yeah. got there. So you're like, oh shit, does he know? Like you're as stressed as Manny is, right? And Manny's, yeah. like, fucking losing it. And then I just, I love that Toby Maguire invites them to, like, this other place to meet this big guy who's, like, great for a movie. And it's, like, as soon as they go into this, which is, like, an underground fucking place, there's, like, at least, what, 30 seconds of black? And you yeah. just kind of hear creepy shit. And I'm, like, I love where this is going, but am I watching the right movie? <laughs> like, I is this barbarian? Not, I, yeah, it felt bar. It felt like barbarian. I was is, like, if something runs out at the screen, I'm gonna lose mother. my mind. 
Is mother, is mother going to cross over? Kind of, though, right? I mean, yeah. we saw some shit down there. It's like, this is where I get the comparisons to the seven circles of hell. Because they go to, oh, when he's like, oh, we got to go down two floors. I'm like, I don't want to go down one more floor. <laughs> I don't even want to be on the main floor. This place oh. is a nightmare. I, like, this whole scene was horrifying. But I also was just like, this is incredible. Because yeah. it is paralleling the first party scene where Manny started and now we're seeing this other party. That's just the total just denigration, just depraved, awful version of this party. Like that party was fun and crazy. Yes, it was crazy, but it was like uplifting. Everyone is having a good time. This is just like torture porn. Like yeah, this is like fucking hostile and saw 3D or whatever, not 3D, but saw. And this is where I was getting a lot of anxiety cuz like I told you earlier, I asked myself the rest of this movie, how far are we going? Like wh- where does this end? I didn't know where. And I was getting real scared. Yeah, cuz I figured like I've already seen such crazy shit and those were all still like fun. But like once I think once Margot Robbie's character said that these fuckers were going to like pour acid on her pussy i was like all right if this if i see that i'm not gonna recover i'm terrified but what they're gonna see down here and also for me it was like does he know about it and he's like leading them into a trap like is this guy gonna kill them and then plus before they even get to the final thing there's like a fucking alligator yeah it's like it's fucking what (laughs) i feel like i'm out dude yeah that was the question does he know and that's why he's bringing him here. Is this because I'm like, he's so creepy the way he's yeah. so excited and he like kind of forces them into going. You're like, oh, man, he fucking knows it's fake money, doesn't he? Like, God damn it. And then he doesn't. And then yeah. he learns. And that was where I started getting extra nervous because I'm like, yeah, seeing somebody eat a rat. That's not too crazy based off the stuff we've seen. But now I'm wondering, I was like, is this guy about to eat Manny like is is Toby Maguire gonna unleash this Dwayne Johnson sized person on little old Manny like I was like dude yeah and then Manny was just like this is like where Manny you're like Manny this is why he's a fucking survivor man is he just grabs that fucking pole thing off the wall and like fucking stabs the dude from my name is Earl right in the fucking throat yeah and then it's like the guy pulls it out just blood everywhere and then him and the count fucking take off. And then it's like, we're watching a whole nother movie where they're like getting like chased down. Everything's stressful. And then they have to go pick up Nelly and like take her like, we got to fucking get the, get the Margot fuck out Robbie of has no clue what's going on. She's totally out of her mind. But yeah, then there's that whole, like, it's basically now we're like, it's a heist movie or like a chase sequence, like something bad is happening. And like, these guys are on their ass. It's fucking yeah. stressful is what it is. <laughs> And then they have one last beautiful, beautiful moment of happiness. Because she's like acting crazy when they're getting gas. Like, let's go dancing. He's like, bitch, we got to go. Like He's literally calling her loco the whole so, time. I, I was going to ask you, did it bother you how um, Margot Robbie just kind of walked away at the end? Or did you, did you understand I did, why she yeah. did that? Yeah. Like, I, I felt like the wedding because right before she says i'll marry you she's like i'm not good for you yeah i felt like i felt like she accepted that she's the problem 
and then she just wanted to have she wanted to make him happy exactly it was really just for him that she was doing all that and trying to just be kind and I think that that's really what it was because I get it like you're like this they would just be chaos any scene that they are together it's just chaos but like I mean even the first scene it's just like he still is in love with her and yeah and I, I actually really like it. I know it's like it kind of sucks when he comes back and he's like, oh, shit, like she's gone. And then plus the other guys are dead. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's just it's so sad. But and then when the way that she kind of disappears, it's like, was she ever even there in the first place? You know, I think like it's funny, the parallels of this movie with like so when he when Manny professes his love for a Nelly in this scene and he says, Ti amo, Ti amo, Ti amo, which mm-hmm. is I love you. I love you. I love you. And Brad Pitt had said that earlier in the movie. I love you. I love you. I love you. And it was so corny and cheesy. And I just thought it was funny that it's like that was like so cheesy at one point in this movie. But then they've used literally the same thing and made it really sweet and emotional and like made it work. Right. I didn't pick up on that. That's good. The magic of movies. When Margot Robbie walked off into the dark, I kept waiting for her to get hit by a car. I was just condi- I was just <laughs> conditioned that something was going to happen and it teased me and then nothing happened. I'm like, it's probably for the best. <laughs> but- yeah, it ended like in a sweeter way than I expected. I mean, we do read that, like, you know, obviously Brad Pitt shoots himself. We see that mm-hmm. part. But like then we hear that Margot Robbie's character like was found dead in her hotel room at like 34. And I want to just say something about Brad Pitt's and anything. I fucking loved it every second of it i loved that he had essentially accepted his the rest of his life as this side piece and then he runs into to ladies lady faye who essentially is playing like the role of you know something from the past and she's she's literally moving on she's she's moving to europe like she's going to do this thing like she's moving on and then he realizes he didn't and he is stuck i forget exactly what he said but it's something something of mediocrity yeah mediocrity like he he couldn't cut it i i i just i loved that Lady Zay was like this trigger. Like he was ready to just be in mediocrity. But then just this little hint of the past, like it just triggered him. And he's just like, I can't do this. And then the whole whole one take of him going up the stairs and then going into the room and then the door is just slightly cracked. And then the camera just goes in on that crack and you just see it all from there. I was like, oh my God. So good. The final scene was was really effective to me. Like the the montage, I thought was okay. Don't love Avatar being in there. <laughs> yeah, Avatar Avatar got a lot of love in there. Or was it like this is where we've this is where we are now? This is a this is a cautionary tale about Avatar. <laughs> like, look at what we've done. <laughs> That's what I took it as. I really I really was surprised how um, how much I liked the scene where it just showed the audience me too dude yes like people just people just like looking at it and like every row is kind of like a different reaction some yeah. people aren't paying attention some people are you have people all, all different shapes colors and sizes and you know it like it's a very just like all-inclusive thing and it's like the, i was just kind of watching that and i'm just like 
I feel like I'm just someone in the audience and I'm just watching the movie and I'm none the wiser to to all this stuff behind the scenes. You know, it's like ignorance is bliss. For me, it was just wonderful because I have that fucking thing that that tick that's like when I watch a movie with someone that like they've never seen it. I'm like watching their reaction of the movie <laughs> at like certain parts, you know, and then they're like, I know something's going to happen because you're looking at me before everything happened, before something big happens. I'm like, I'm sorry. OK, I'm yeah. psychotic, but I love it. <laughs> I feel like Damien uh, Chazelle, like he was he was Manny in that final scene. He's like, I am a part of I'm a cog in this machine. And this machine does a lot of bad, like there's a lot of criticism in this movie, but the amount of thought and heart and love that's put into this movie is also just like, he loves movies. He loves the art. Totally. So I think he's kind of like putting himself in that final scene of like crying of like, the the fact that this stuff is you know real to an extent is terrible but also like the beauty that comes from movies is incredible and i don't i don't think we're really supposed to like leave with like this is this is all worth it or perfect i don't know i think it's supposed to be conflicting you know i mean that's literally every scene kind of plays both in angles of it you know and it's it gives you a new appreciation of like Maybe we shouldn't be shitting all over movies because like somebody out there probably fucking destroyed themselves just to make that movie. Like they put their heart and soul into it. I think it should really make people think because people are so quick to criticize about everything nowadays. And it's like, fuck off, man. You know, like somebody fucking really cared. There's probably I mean, if there's not one, there's probably a ton of people that kill themselves to make every single movie. Right. This just shows that regardless of what you might think, people are fucking putting their heart and soul into it. And I think it's bittersweet because it destroys people. It chews them up and spits them out afterwards. But it's also like it it makes something lasting and universal that will, you know, be remembered forever. This movie is a mouthful (laughs) at three hours and nine minutes long. But I think this movie is worth every minute of it. It's the only movie that I would be fine if it won Best Picture besides Everything Everywhere All at Once. But sadly, it's not even nominated. 100% agree with you. This is my favorite movie right behind Everything Everywhere. Yes, totally, right? This movie was shunned. This movie should be nominated for as many awards as Everything Everywhere. It's unbelievable. Thank you. We're going to get people to fucking watch it. I hope you all watched it this week. And if you haven't watched it yet, I hope this excited you because it should. You should go watch it. It's an incredible film. It deserves so much more than it got. You know what I kind of hope is um, I hope one of the streaming services, maybe they do what Netflix did with Hateful Eight where they took the extended Hateful Eight and they made it into like four episodes. Fuck, yeah, This movie would be perfect for that. It's already kind of broken up to be like stopped and then started again at different spots. And like before anyone complains about the fucking runtime, I know all you bitches out there probably love The Irishman when that came out. That thing was even (laughs) longer and 10 times more boring than this movie. So don't complain about it. Just watch it. You'll fucking love it. It's a just exciting film. It's wonderful. Of all the 
two and a half hour plus movies that came out last year. This felt way quicker than any of those. I will. N- I probably won't watch Elvis again. It's a great no, performance, God. but I won't watch it. It feels like four hours. Like this is a three hour movie. That's that's worth it. Like Lord of the Rings. Like that's what I said, man. It it's it true. is not, it is not a burden. It is a great time the entire way. I want the extended edition. Sign me the fuck up. That's cinema, baby. Oh, I'm exhausted talking about Babylon as much as I am from watching it the first time. Oh, that is that was a lot, but damn it, that was fun. You know, as exhausted as it might as you might be by the end of it, I feel like I'm energized. I'm ready for round two. Let's do it again, baby. For a three-hour movie, the pace is unbelievable. Yeah, it's <laughs> worth it. It's not, like, tedious, you know? Yeah, not at all. Well, the next two weeks are going to be something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So two weeks from now, we are going to be doing our first ever in theater debut podcast so movie that's coming out yeah we're not in the theater (laughs) we're recording the podcast in the theater no one knows what's going on it's going to be real bad i'm just going to tell you right now people are going to love it (laughs) but we are going to be covering scream don't call it cream (laughs) cream six different kind of theater (laughs) gross (laughs) this has really gone off the rails here jace (laughs) So we're doing Scream 6 two weeks from now, right after it comes out in theater. Uh, for the last several weeks, we have been covering and re-watching all the Scream movies. The five movies prior to Scream 6. We've been watching those, and they've been up on the YouTubes. Yep, been posting episodes over there every week, going through another one. There's five of these babies. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're just going to do a compilation album and so next week's episode will be our experience watching scream one through five and this is actually my first time actually watching all these movies i love these movies i'm uh i've been a fan for a long time so i'm happy that i was able to watch these movies with you i think it'll be fun and if you haven't caught them on youtube we're still posting them over there but you can yep. get the whole thing all packaged together in one nice piece. And there's no video behind it. So good background listening. You got to pay extra for that, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then the following week will be Scream 6. That'll be a full episode. And um, yeah, we are both excited for Scream 6. And at this point, I haven't even seen Scream 5 yet. I'm so jazzed after Scream 4. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Scream 6. I don't even need Scream 5. Oh, no, you do. But, like, Scream Scream 4, fuck yeah. All day. <laughs> uh, well, in the meantime, we hope that you had as much fun talking about Babylon as we did. Babylonians. Represent. Because the Oscars did not. Yes. Bitches. Uh, and we hope that you are as excited as we are for Scream 6. And, uh, yeah, we will see y'all in the next two weeks talking about classic horror movie to modern horror movie and everything in between with that whole franchise but in the meantime have a great week and the regular exclusive out don't forget to like and subscribe we out here